Well, what a church and what a blessing it is to be back at Emmanuel. Praise God. 30 years, is it, Pastor? Wow. Well, just, a, just a little bit ago, wasn't too long ago, I met the man <laughs> over, at, over at Friendship at a, at, a, at a Bible conference. What a blessing this church has been to us. We love you. We thank God uh, for your prayers, your support. You've been so wonderful to us. We are the Rumseys. My wife had to run out and get her Bible because I left it out there, I think. Anyway, I, she, I've seen her know her, so just say hi to her when you, when you leave. But she and I are in prison evangelism. I'm grateful to God. She lets me preach and she does the singing. Amen. And we are a, a team because uh, I can't do without her and she can't do without me. So we, we are in it together. And praise God for that. We love her, each other, and we're in the... Thankful for this, the greatness, this goodness of God. Now, this uh, prison at, at Mid-State has gone through cycles. We started in 1992 and met the first chaplain there. And God arranged for us to be scheduled uh, in those early days in the 90s. And then uh, chaplain changed around uh, nearly 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. And uh, the new man was... Uh, a good guy, you know, I mean, you would probably want to take him out for tea or something. He's a nice man. And he would identify uh, me uh, as a literalist. I would have to say guilty. He says, because, uh, you know, this whole Bible, science, the history, all this is true. Amen. And I'm talking about the King James. And uh, I know that they may have different ones in the, in the prisons that we go to, but that's the one I use. That's the one I believe. And we're thankful that this door has opened in New York because that prison has a, an Islam uh, uh, um, uh, imam for a chaplain, a Catholic priest for a chaplain. And, of course, I, my, my friend that's the uh, Protestant, Protestant preacher, but, uh, and I'm thankful he does schedule us. Amen. And has been, and then COVID came along, as we all know and remember, and that took us out completely pretty much for two years, and, and uh, we couldn't even come. And then uh, finally uh, we were able to see the, the restrictions loosened and somewhat, uh, and, and uh, we went and uh, made our applications again, and praise God we're back again. But we don't have Sunday services anymore. We used to have Sunday morning chapels there. And now we have Thursday at, uh, at 1, which is okay. Amen. So whatever and wherever we, the God opens the door, we want to be there. So that's the situation with, with uh, Mid-State. But uh, in the past uh, 20, uh, well, 20, about 30 years there, we've seen, we've seen uh, souls saved, not only there, but in other prisons across the country. We are very active in Florida. We've had prisons in South Carolina that we have regular ministry at. And praise God, uh, closing in on 10,000 precious souls trusting Christ uh, through the years. I mean, pretty close. I hope to make it that long. I mean, to see it happen. It's uh, 9,800 and, and about 9,800. And, uh, and it's, it's good to see God's hand moving in these chapels. We had 40 in the chapel service Thursday. And now 40 doesn't sound like a lot in... Truly, it's not a whole lot. 
in a prison chapel because most of our chapel are in the gymnasium and they accommodate as many as, as come. But there is a special designated chapel building, chapel's uh, room, put more in there. That's the way it is. So we, when you get 40, you're going to have some hanging from the rafters, but praise God they're there. Had a good crowd. I've seen just few. I've seen five and six and eight. So, praise God, we've had we had a good crowd for, uh, Thursday. Had uh, ten professions of faith. I ran a little long. I went a little long, and the guards. When you go long in prison, you need to be careful because you might be staying. The guard says, "Call." So, oh, shut it down. So he gave him a quick invitation. I had that believed that Christ uh, had, had touched their hearts to show them that they needed Jesus to lift their hands and then they had to get up and go. But it was amazing to see as they were going out the door so many hands up. Amen. All of them understood that uh, that's exactly what they needed and that's exactly what they got. But there were, there were uh, easy 10. I, I counted 10 because I quit at 10. But it was a blessing just to be back again to have the privilege to, to minister the gospel, to be blessing to use uh, the uh, mission house uh, next door and such a nicely stocked refrigerator. You'll have to probably look around and find some more things to put in that refrigerator. But it, it is all good. We love it. And we thank God for him opening the door over the years here in upstate New York. We haven't got our Connecticut prison open yet quite uh, for his returning. But uh, that's in, in works. Our South Carolina prisons, of, of those five that we typically go to, only one has had us so far back because of COVID. They're still, they're still skittish about that and having you know, people from outside coming in. So we're praying to have four more prisons there in South Carolina to begin to schedule. All of our Florida prisons are, are open. Amen. And we're grateful for that. And we've seen uh, quite, well, 70 uh, Eight precious souls trusting Christ last year. The year before, in the middle of the pandemic, was when we could finally begin to minister. Uh, it was just just over 40. So it, it's it, you know we we had just crowds of 10. You know, and then now we can have as many as want to come down in Florida. So I'm glad I'm glad that God's moving this along. We're going to be able to see it in our rearview mirror one day. We just praise God for. Uh, your support through the years. I mean, you were faithful even in all those times when we couldn't travel. All we could do was sit at home, you know, and wait for our our, our Trump checks to come and finally our, our Joe checks to come. <laughs> that's that's what, uh, what happened. And I bought guns with some of them, and I bought I've had some pavement put down for my truck uh, for with some others. So we're, I'm you know I'm okay with that <laughs> as long as I keep sending it off to cash them. But uh, hey. The support has been good. Been, I mean, y'all have been faithful. Truly have, and we're blessed. We're blessed indeed to be uh, your missionaries. Uh, 70, something like that, 74. Some people think I'm an old-time country preacher, and I'm actually not quite old. And then I'm not really country. I'm more of a city boy, but I kind of seem country, so I, I go by that. But I, I'm grateful just to be alive and have a chance to serve the Lord and, and be uh, uh, part of this mission outreach. My wife is back. Did you find your Bible? Maybe in the truck. Okay. I will look for it before we go before we bed tonight. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, praise the Lord for 
Yvonne being with me all these years, and she does, she does sing. I do the preaching, and we're thankful to be a team. Uh, and those business it's a good thing. Good thing God would let uh, folks like us have a place in in the ministry. I'm real grateful. I'm grateful to uh, privilege tonight to preach the gospel. If you look in Isaiah chapter 53, you'll see probably my favorite chapter in the Bible, or at least one of the most beautiful chapters I know in the Bible. It's prophecy. This is talking, Isaiah speaking about Jesus. And, and it's, a, he's, it's 700 years prior to Christ's coming in the flesh, at least, there at Bethlehem stable. Uh, we know Jesus has always been, but this is, this is a, a prophetic at 700 years before his advent, and it's talking about Jesus. Many call it the passage about the suffering servant. Uh, the suffering servant because it describes so well what Christ uh, accomplished on the cross for us. If you're there, I'm going to read the whole chapter. We won't preach all of it, but just uh, make some points about some of these outstanding verses this evening. Verse 1, chapter 53. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Kickstand down just a moment. When the Bible says, who... I say who, and the Bible says whom, I say whom. I'm not an English scholar, but I do know when it says who, it means who. When it says whom, it means whom. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form, no comeliness. And we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. We was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. That a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit uh, in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, and he had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. 
By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he had poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Let's pray. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, come before you tonight, asking you to bless the reading of your word. Ask tonight, Lord, for the anointing of the Spirit of God for preaching the gospel. And ask that you would just have your sweet will and way in every heart, in every life. I want to thank you for the facility, the prison here in upstate New York to has reopened its doors for a ministry of the gospel. We praise God for those that, that uh, heard the message and believed and, and, and indicated they uh, received you. Thank you, Lord. I pray you grow in, uh, in their lives and help them, Lord Jesus, with their, their needs. We do pray, God, for this church. I pray in Jesus' name that you bless uh, Pastor Legault and his family. Uh, as they get the rest and travel and help other churches in their area, uh, that uh, uh, God may, may, may send them and use them. I pray that you bless Brother Kenny, Lord Jesus, and the ministry here as it continues. I pray, God, for the youth group and ask God that you would make a special anointing. Thank you for so many young men coming up uh, through this group as preachers of the gospel. Thank you for young ladies that are actually preparing themselves uh, uh, to be helpmeets uh, in their ministries and, and, and uh, to be the mothers in their families. I praise you, Jesus, for what we see here, have seen so many years. We ask that you continue to keep a hand of blessing upon Emmanuel uh, uh, Bible uh, Baptist Church. And God, that you would just bless, dear God, and, and continue, uh, Lord Jesus. We're asking for these folks that are on the list. And Lord, there's some really serious, serious uh, complications that we heard of last night in the prayer meeting, the men's prayer group. I pray, God, for a touch of God, for healing. And Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name for comfort uh, for those afflicted and the families of those afflicted. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you, uh, Lord Jesus, would just show them hope and show them, uh, Lord God, comfort. We praise you, Lord, for being the great physician that you are and as many as you will. I pray, God, that you would return to us strong and, and with testimonies about your power and the goodness of God. We ask you in the name of Jesus tonight, if there's one that's gotten distant and gotten cold, I pray that you'd help him to get close. I pray if there's one here tonight that doesn't know you, that this would be the time that he would come, come to believe and receive you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ by Isaiah. And God has uh, given Isaiah this message to describe to us, to show us Jesus and his sufferings on the cross. And this does pretty much detail the misery of rejection that Christ undertook in his, in his trod things upon this earth. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and we uh, uh, esteemed 
him not. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Here is this rejection that Christ knew. Uh, even uh, when he began his ministry, there were those that rejected him. Amongst his own family, there were those that rejected him. Those of his kinspeople in his hometown, there were those that rejected him. And the Bible tells us, the Bible does show he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world uh, knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Uh, he's very acquainted with being ignored. He's very acquainted with rejection. And, and so this is a misery uh, that he bore even uh, in time uh, of his uh, own uh, ministry uh, in Judea. Uh, he knew rejection. And, and, and hey, nobody, nobody really likes to be disrespected. Could I get an amen right there? I mean, not really. I mean, you might be rejected for your testimony or be rejected for your faith, but uh, uh, to really enjoy it, you can't really say that you enjoy it, but hey, uh, he knew it. He knew this rejection. And, and let me just say this. He knew sorrow. He knew sorrow. Very acquainted with that. There's a verse in the Bible that most every teenager loves to memorize. John 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. A nice short verse. I catch that one pretty much myself too. Jesus wept. Well, he wept uh, with the family at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. And, and, and he wasn't crying uh, for himself because he was late uh, to come to see him. He wasn't crying for Lazarus because they knew what was going to happen. He was crying for that family, those two sisters that sorrowed so and didn't understand, even though he explained it to him again and again, didn't understand that he was fixing to raise uh, Lazarus uh, from the dead. Jesus wept. He, he knew sorrow. Now we're going to find in our lives rejection. We're going to find in our lives sorrow. Amen. And, and so what are we going to do? What are you going to do when this rejection comes your way? What are you going to do when this sorrow comes your way. Now you've got friends, you've got uh, your pastor, you've got minister staff uh, here at church, you've got people that care that you can get to pray with you. I might let you down. Uh, someone else could, a friend could let you down. But what are you going to do with rejection, with sorrow? Well, the only way I can say tonight that I can be any help is to let you see what David did. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. You remember how that went? Well, the Amalekites had come to Ziklag. He had a little, uh, little uh, stronghold there in Ziklag. Wasn't even part of Israel, but he was, had his men there, and they brought their wives and children, and they had a settlement there. He went out on a personal raid himself and came back and found that Ziglag was burned down. And the Amalekites had come and spoiled and taken everything they had plus the women and children. And, and, and well, let's go there uh, this evening just for a little bit because we see what to do with uh, rejection, what to do with sorrow right here in the Scriptures. Uh, Verse 6 says, David greatly, was greatly distressed when they came back and his men actually wanted to stone him. Look at this. The people's stake of stoning him, killing their own leader. 
because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Uh, you're going to have to go to the Lord. You're going to have to go to God uh, yourself, and you're going to have to trust God uh, for that encouragement that you need. Because he's got it for you. He's got it for you. And that's where we get it. That's where we get it in time of need. I mean, it's good to have partners. It's good to have friends. But it's great that we have the Lord that we can go to for our encouragement. And David actually went a step further, and I recommend, as he does, he got in touch with God. He got in touch with God, and he was seeking direction from God. Verse 8 says, David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Should he go and, and chase those Amalekites down and try to recover his families? Try to recover his men's families? Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake them? There's some question here. Maybe, maybe they would be outnumbered. Maybe they couldn't handle that big of a, of a conflict. And God said, pursue. God said pursue. And when you get that, get that from the Lord, then you know you can have confidence that He has got that for you intended. So go ahead and take it. and Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail uh, recover all. So David went with the 600 men. We can see some of these verses here. And then we catch up with the Amalekites. In verse uh, 16, when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon the earth, the Amalekites eating and drinking and dancing, because all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines, now the land of Judah. And David smote them. Of course, he had his men helping him. David smote them from twilight even unto the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them, save uh, 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David and rescued his two wives. Let me just say, David asked the Lord what to do, and God answered, and God delivered. God delivered. So by faith, when you're going to God, even in your discouragement, even when it don't seem like there's anything that's going to work, even people are talking about killing you, he went to the Lord. He found his encouragement there. And he is finding God direction to go ahead and get this thing right. And he does. And praise the Lord for the victory, this great victory that's had right here. So the Lord Jesus is prophesied to us in Isaiah 53 as this uh, suffering servant, uh, just to borrow a cliche term, uh, he is uh, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, upon this cross and uh, in, in prophecy uh, right, right here. And, and there's lots of prophetic scriptures in the Old Testament that point uh, to the gospel. Uh, quite a few of them talk of his Suffering and, and the shadowing and such of the of the sacrifices and all for his uh, 
atonement. But let me just uh, cover this one here because it's so sweet. The resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is described right here in Old Testament prophecy for us. We can find that in verse 8 and 9 uh, and 10. Resurrection. There's, uh, there's other passages that have the resurrection in them. And uh, I thank God that we are not just shooting from one, uh, one chamber here, but this is, this is the, uh, probably most descriptive uh, of, of the Old Testament passages because it's got all three of them uh, pointed out very concisely here. Verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10. He, verse 8, was taken from prison and from judgment. That's Jesus. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. The substitutionary uh, uh, atonement, vicarious uh, uh, atonement that, that Jesus uh, has uh, provided. He was, did it for me. He did it for you. That's why he's on this cross. And... Uh, uh, it says, uh, He was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was He stricken. He, he died. He died there on the cross. Cut off out of the land of the living. And made His grave with the wicked. Of course, we know from the New Testament that Joseph of Arimathea provided a tomb for Him, but He was just going to borrow it. He made His grave with the wicked and with the rich in His death. Because he had done no violence, neither was in deceit in his mouth. So the death, the burial of Jesus prophesied in the Old Testament. And then the, the resurrection in verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath made him, uh, he hath made him, to, he hath put him to grief. And when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord uh, shall uh, prosper uh, in his hand. The resurrection of Jesus in verse 10. Uh, see, he, uh, the Lord was satisfied when Christ uh, made that atonement for our sins. It was satisfactory to him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Uh, you know, let's not bring a joyful occasion to, to the Father. He's just satisfied that He, His holiness uh, is honored. Uh, it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. Uh, he had put Him to grief. The Lord did. But Jesus Himself became a sacrifice for our sins. When thou shalt make His soul an offer for sin, it happened. Scripture says, He shall see His seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper uh, in his hand. Now, Jesus did not have uh, physical children. No uh, verse in the Bible suggests uh, that he did. And so uh, we know that he didn't. He did not have uh, his own uh, uh, children, but... Uh, the Bible says after his soul becomes an offering for sin, he'll see his seed. Well, 
The Bible does tell us, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So uh, I've received him. Amen. If you've received him uh, then uh, at some point in your life, you've received him. Amen. And he sees us. Amen. He knows exactly where we are, what we're doing. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. Now, when your days are cut off and you're dead, you're dead. But here, Jesus is not in the tomb dead. His days have been prolonged. Matter of fact, he's alive. He's alive right now uh, at the right hand uh, of the Father. He is alive. He's a risen Savior. Hallelujah. So his days are prolonged, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. This is an interesting that Isaiah is being given the message here in chapter 53 from the Lord, from God, from the Holy Spirit. And he's describing the Holy Spirit's description here of, of, of Christ 700 years before he came uh, to, to the stable. This is the description here in the first uh, eight or nine verses. And then there's a shift. There's a shift after these first verses, to where uh, the Bible says, It pleased the Lord to bruise him, he put him to grief, and thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seeds, shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. There's, there's still Isaiah describing as the Holy Ghost given to him. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. And, and he was, by Christ's offering, Holiness, the holiness provided by Jesus. By his knowledge, here is a shift uh, from third person to second person. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. So uh, Isaiah is not doing all the speaking, or not doing all the, the speaking as it's been, it's been received uh, here. He's actually bearing message along. For he shall bear their iniquities. We, we've seen here the Father is getting into this message. It, this is, this is a, a change. The, verse 12, Therefore will I, Isaiah's not talking about himself being, doing this, but, it, but God is saying what's going to happen. The Lord is saying what's going to happen here. I, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil uh, with uh, the strong. Hallelujah. This is where I get in on it. Amen. The victory in the resurrection. The victory in the resurrection. You see, when uh, we've got Jesus, uh, if we would look at this like a, a conqueror of the day, uh, a, 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 in a major power going to another country to occupy it and to, and to ransack it and to take all of their possessions. If we were to see that uh, picture here like, like a, a conqueror of that day, then uh, this, is, this is the Lord, Father, talking about dividing Him, Him, Jesus, a portion with the great. That everything that the conqueror took belonged to the conqueror. 
everything. This is a division. There's some that's going to be, <coughs> going to be taken and brought back to the home country. Some's going to be for wages for uh, his officers. Therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul into death. In the number of the transgressors and bear the sin of many. Dividing the spoil with the strong. That's you and me. There we are. There we are following Jesus and getting in on the bounty. Getting in on the blessing. On the blessing. I, I want to say praise the Lord for this victory in Jesus. I, I know from whence I came in a little gospel preaching rescue mission 1986, Jacksonville, Florida. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. Didn't even have a didn't even have a, a legal name. I didn't get all that arranged, amen. But praise God, we did. But uh, the victory, the blessing of God in the resurrection uh, of Jesus. One of my favorite camp meeting songs. And uh, I don't get to go to many of them, but I do like to. And I'm going to have to drink enough sip of this water so I can sing it. <coughs> the drunk on the street, the rich in their palaces, the poor and unlearned, and men of degree. Well, they all have to a soul in need of salvation, and they all have to come by Calvary. I am so glad God saves old sinners. I'm thrilled and amazed. He sets them free. But the biggest surprise in redeeming old sinners is that He would save a sinner like me. Was I so bad? I needed forgiveness. Was I so wrong? I had to be redeemed. Well, I wasn't a thief, but I lived in sin's prison, and I was as lost as a poor sinner could be. I am so glad God saves old sinners. I'm thrilled and amazed. He sets them free. But the biggest surprise in redeeming old sinners is that he would save an old sinner like me. That would be times two typically. But this victory, this victory in Jesus, folks, I want to praise God for the blessings of the victory, the blessings of the victory tonight. And I know if you've received them, you, you can praise him as well. Amen. First, there's the salvation of our souls. But God for us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That kind of goes with that, that song that we sang this evening, that last one, praise God. There's delivery. Delivering our lives from the bondage of sin. Oh, if you've never been bound by the chains of sin, then you may not appreciate this one that much, but ooh, it's real. Deliverance, hallelujah. Deliverance in our lives from the bondage of sin. Old Jack Wood wrote a, wrote a track uh, years ago. 
Shady Acres and Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, and uh, it, it enhanced the verse Romans 6.18. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I want to praise God for the blessings of victory, God's provision, God's provision uh, for His people. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I've tested that verse. I've seen that verse work when there wasn't enough gas to get to the next, next meeting, brother. You've, you've done that too. You've seen it. But he gets you there. He'll get you there and get you back down on the road. Praise God for His provision. Praise God for His provision. For eternal life. Eternal life. Oh yeah. Going to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now sadly, eternal life to a lot of people today doesn't seem like it's all that inviting. What just If your concept of life this evening is it's just another day with trouble, if that's what you're thinking that life is, just another day with more trouble, you need to rethink that. Need to rethink that. Surely there's been a good day. Surely there's been a blessing somewhere you can remember of what's happened uh, to you. I'm trying to tell you this tonight that heaven, heaven will be for an eternity of the most tremendous blessing that you can imagine, that you'll ever be able to imagine. And it's right there. You're right at the, the threshold. Just say, Yes, Lord. Just say, Yes, Lord. I'm going to quit holding out. I'm going to come on over. Eternal life with Christ is something to want. Something to desire. Something, amen, that you can have. Just ask for it. Just say, Lord, yes. Eternal damnation without Christ is something to shun. You, you don't want to go there. You might think it might be a party, but no, no, there's no party. There's no party. There's, there's only suffering. There's only darkness, out of darkness, and, and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Eternal damnation without Christ is something to show. Who Jesus is, He's King of kings, He's Lord of lords, He's Savior. He'll meet your need tonight, whatever it might be. Most likely you're sitting here and, you're, uh, and, 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 and you've seen God's hand in your life and you, you know well that he meets those needs. But he'll, he'll, continue. he'll continue to meet them. Uh, and that's the great blessing we have in the victory, in the victory uh, with Jesus. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, there may be someone here tonight that needs God's saving grace, that needs to see you lifted up, to see you as Lord and Savior. Pastor preached the other night about if Christ be lifted up. He is the exalted one. He is Savior. He is Lord. He's the one that does the saving. There's none other. And if you come by Him, then that's the, that's the genuine gospel that you're receiving. If you're coming by some TV evangelist or some uh, uh, traveling preacher through the, through the area that, that, that's with a tent or something on the side of the road, I don't think I'd care too much about what that guy's going to say. But you do need Jesus for your soul's sake. And so if, you, if you're here tonight without Him, today is the day. Now is the time to call upon Him. 
If you're here and you are saved, you're saved, but you're struggling. There's things in your life that you can't explain. You, can't, you don't really understand. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And go to Him and get some direction about what you need to do. And what He'll do. And what He'll do if you'll just take that first step. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we just pray to you. Bless God's people. Thank you so much for their love for you. Thank you so much for their love for missions. I pray, dear Lord, that you will. Uh, uh, dear Lord, just have your sweet will and way in every heart and every life. In Jesus' name, amen.